Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring Tom Howard, George Shelton, Lulu McConnell, and Harry McNaughton, the complete cast of It Pays to be Ignorant. From January 23rd, 1945, here's the zaniest quiz show of them all, It Pays to be Ignorant. Ladies and gentlemen, it pays to be ignorant. Can you make a woman keep her mouth shut? Put glue in her lipstick. Pay the man eight dollars. How can you cool off a motor? Strip the gears. Pay the man nine dollars because... It pays to be ignorant, to be dumb, to be dead, to be ignorant. And now, friends, it's time to meet your quiz master. And here he is, the star of our show... Mr. Tom Howard. Thank you. Thank you, Ken Roberts. And how do you do, ladies and gentlemen? Well, here again is that screwy quiz program that people are talking about, but I can't tell you what they're saying about it. We have a board of experts who are so dumb they think a shin guard is Hilliard's brother. First, first, we have to celebrate author Mr. Harry McNaughton, who has just written a book entitled A Nayrab Sat on a Cactus. Or the Shriek of Araby. <laughs> Here he is, Mr. Harry McNaughton. Thank you. I, I have a poem, Mr. Howard. Yes. I stood on the bridge at midnight and the wind was full of air when somebody pulled the bridge away and left me standing there. I... <laughs> I was all wet. I imagine. All right. You still are. All right. Next, we have a woman whose husband calls her his little mouse because she looks like something the cat dragged in. <laughs> A woman who was scared by a vacuum cleaner. She's been a windbag ever since. <laughs> Miss Lulu McConnell. Well, Mr. Howard, I had another fight with my old man this morning. You had a fight? How did it start? Well, he got sore because I poured coffee in his ear. I see. You, uh, you poured coffee in his ear? Mm. Why didn't you pour it down his throat? Oh, no. That's his T-zone. That's his T-zone. <laughs> <laughs> Here, next we have a man who set a record when at school. He was the only one in the second grade old enough to vote. A man, a man who talks right from the shoulder because that's where his mouth is. Mr. George Shelton. Hey, I just got a letter from my Uncle Webfoot this morning. Yeah. Boy, he's very sick. I'm sorry to hear that. What happened? Well, Christmas Eve, he was playing Santa Claus. Yeah. So he tried to come down the chimney. And? He came down with the flu. He came down with the flu. Amen. <laughs> Well, those are the experts, folks, so we'll pause for a second while you all say who cares. In the meantime, here's the first question. Let's see if we can get an answer. Yes. The musical scale has eight notes. It starts with do, re, mi. Can you tell me the name of the first three notes? Mr. Howard, that's a musical question, isn't it? That's right. Do you know anything about music? Do I? Oh, why, when I was three years old, I used to play on the linoleum. On the linoleum. <laughs> 
I, I was in the floor show. You were in the floor show. All right. Please, Mr. Sheldon, do you know what a scale is? Sure, a freckle on a fish. A freckle on a fish. I'm talking about the musical scale. Oh, I say, by the way, talking about music, I went to a concert last night. The University Five played Beethoven. They did. Beethoven lost. Beethoven lost. <laughs> Boy, I'd like to see that game. Yeah. I love basketball. All right, please. <laughs> Mr. Sheldon, it must be hard to be a moron. It certainly is. And we're proud of you, Mr. Howard. <laughs> Look, the musical scale has eight notes. There are four notes to a bar. You know what a bar is, Miss McConnell? <laughs> are you kidding? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give me the first note in the scale, uh, Mr. Sheldon? Sure, don't. No, that's right. Can you give me the second note? No, the second note ain't due yet. The second note is <laughs> I haven't heard from Morris. You haven't heard from Morris lately. <laughs> do, you name, do you know the name of the second note, Miss McConnell? Certainly. The second note is Ray. Well, why didn't you say so? You didn't ask me. I see. I don't speak till I've spoken to. Uh-huh. I'm the silent type. You're the silent type. Why, when I was a baby, I didn't speak till I was five years old. You didn't speak until you were five years old? Well, why was that? I didn't have anything to say. No, I... <laughs> well, you certainly have made up for lost time. Do you know the name of the third note? Sure, the third note is me. Fine, fine. Oh, you're smart, Miss McCartney. Yes. I know it. I know I'm smart. I'm not just a glamour gal. I see. You're not just a girl, either. Well, you know, Miss McConnell, I never knew the third note was you. The third note is not you. I know it's not. It's Miss McConnell. Please. The third note is me. Oh, it's you. I thought Miss McConnell said it was her. No, she said it was me. Mr. Howard just said it was him. I didn't say it was him. He said it was me. All right, I don't care who it is, as long as it isn't me. But it is. You mean it's me? That's right, it's me. Now, wait a minute. Now, look. Say, don't you see, when Miss McConnell said the third note was me, she didn't mean it was her. She didn't? No, she meant it was me. <laughs> well, when was it me? It's always been me. Mr. Howard, have you tried penicillin? Uh, please. <laughs> there are eight notes in the musical scale. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, si, do. Do on the top and do on the bottom. Just like a pie. Just like a pie. <laughs> All right, what comes in between? Raisins. Raisins. What do you mean, raisins? We're not talking about pies. Dough, dough, get that into your nuts. Dough. Oh, I have it, Mr. Howard. Donuts. Donuts. Ken, <laughs> will you step in here and take over while I take a sedative? I certainly will do that, Mr. Howard. <laughs> Tom Howard and the experts will be back in a minute to interview our first guest. Ladies and gentlemen, the American Forces Radio and Television Service proudly presents the Retirement 2, yes, third. You know, George, I've been thinking about retiring early. Me too, Harry. I met this great-looking chick. I mean retiring from the armed forces. Harry, I always said you're the least retiring man I know. Anyone can retire after 20 years service, plenty young enough to enjoy a lot more years of good living. That's swell, Harry. But what are we doing tonight? 50's not old, early middle age, and on darn good retirement pay. You know why they call it middle age? Because that's the first place it shows. I'll be getting money from the Army and have a great civilian job, too. That's growing old gracefully, George. Harry, if you can't grow old gracefully, do it any way you can. 
Financial security, retirement pay, life insurance. Those are just a few of the benefits from the armed forces. Find out about all of them from your personnel officer. Yes, sir. Well, Mr. Howell, we have a very, very nice young man coming to our microphone, and I should like to introduce to you Seaman First Class Corrado Orestes Corsi, Jr. of the United States Navy. Well, that's fine. Fine. How do you do, sir? Would you repeat that name again? I didn't quite get it. Yes, this is Seaman First Class Corrado Orestes Corsi, Jr. Why, sounds like a prescription my doctor gave me the other day. Well, we're very glad to have you. What do the boys in the Navy call you? Corsi. Corsi. Do you mind if I call you Corsi? That's right. Good. I have a lot of trouble with any word over two syllables. You'll have to pardon me. Well, we're very nice. Uh, it's very nice of you to come up, Corsi, and we're very glad to have you. Uh, where's your hometown, would you mind telling me? Providence, Rhode Island. Providence, Rhode Island. Well, that's very good. Welcome. Providence, Rhode Island. Well, feed me some Nabiscos and call me a wisecracker. Hey, you look like... I, I used to work in that town. I imagine. Yeah, down. I was an eye doctor in a florist shop. You, uh, you were an eye doctor in a florist shop? I took care of the black-eyed Susans. I <laughs> All right. Never mind. Just ignore what you hear, Corsi. Uh, tell me, how do you happen to be in New York uh, at this time, Corsi? Well, I'm stationed on Wall Street. You're stationed on Wall Street? Uh, are you on a boat? Yes, sir. On Wall Street? Yes, sir. I see. How did the boat get up Wall Street? <laughs> well, it's at the foot of Wall Street. Oh, at the foot of Wall Street. They I floated was it up there on a loan. I see. <laughs> Could uh, you get my old man a job? Uh, please. <laughs> Miss McConnell, your old man has never worked, has he? No. If you only had learned a trade. What would it do good to learn a trade if he'd never worked? Well, at least I'd know what kind of a job he was out of. I see. <laughs> uh, tell me, Corsi, uh, how long have you been in the Navy? Oh, approximately two years. Two years, I see. Uh, what do you do? That is, what is your particular job on the boat? Do you have any particular... What do you do? Well, there's not much except paint and scrape and scrape and paint. Oh. Paint and scrape and scrape and paint, your report. I see. Well, uh, I guess that keeps you pretty busy, is that it? Well, quite busy, yeah. I see. I see you have a, uh, some, uh, uh, what are they, uh, chevrons? What do you call them on your arm there? What are they? They're just stripes, seamen first class. Oh, seamen first class. Well, you're, you're, you're right. And they make a seamen first class, you have to paint and scrape and scrape and paint? Say, <laughs> <laughs> Corsi, Miss McConnell needs a painting and scraping job. <laughs> Mr. Sheldon, in order to paint and scrape Miss McConnell, we'll have to put her in dry dock first. <laughs> I say, you know, you know, Corsi, you know, I, uh, good evening, how are you? Mm-hmm. I, I was in the Navy, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, many years ago. I was, I was on a submarine. Submarine? Yeah, but they transferred me. Yeah, why did they transfer you? I used to sleep with my windows open. Oh, your windows. <laughs> Very glad, as I said, to have had you with us, Corsi. Before you go, we'd love to have you reach into the dunce cap there and pick out a question for us. And would you be good enough to read the question, if you don't mind? To what great American president? To what great American president was Mrs. George Washington married? Thank you, Corsi. 
<laughs> to what great American president was Mrs. George Washington married? Mr. Howard, Democrat or Republican? <laughs> that doesn't make any difference. No, we did to Mr. Dewey. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I mean, it has nothing to do with the question. Was her first name Martha, Mr. Howard? That's right. Yeah, how did you know that? She was one of her bridesmaids. <laughs> I wasn't even invited to the wedding. <laughs> well, you know, I'll never, I'll never forget my wedding day. Yeah. Never forget my wedding day. My father-in-law gave me an awful fright. Yeah, what was it? His daughter. <laughs> I almost got married once, but she married somebody else. She married somebody Boy, else. Boy, I was all broken up. Yeah, too bad they ever put you together again. <laughs> Please get back to the question. My old man was a janitor when I married him. He was a janitor? Yeah, he swept me off my feet. He did. <laughs> he must have used a snowplow. <laughs> what great American president, rather, to what great American president was Mrs. George Washington married? You know, speaking of marriage, Mr. Shelton, you really ought to get married, you know. Well, it's not really my fault. I asked the girl to marry me, and she says, ask my father. And did you ask her father? He wouldn't marry me either. <laughs> Well, you know, I met, I met my wife at a travel bureau. Yeah, she was planning a vacation, and I was her last resort. I see. Now, well, I don't know what good it does to get married. I haven't seen my old man in three days. What do you suppose he's been doing for three days? I guess he's waiting for me to come home. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, when I was first married, my wife was a wonderful cook, you know. She used to make wonderful pies. Yeah. Oh, rather, I ate pies till they came out of my ears. I see. Those were the good old pioneer days. Pioneer days. <laughs> I'll divorce my old man and get married again. Say, Mr. Howard, you think I should marry a man older than myself? Where well, you gonna find one? <laughs> and now, Ken, who is our next guest? Well, here she is, Tom, that very, very nice young lady I spoke of a moment ago, uh, Miss Elena Dominguez. Oh, swell. <laughs> How do you do, Miss Dominguez, did you say? Uh, Dominguez. Oh, Dominguez. Where are you getting such names tonight? <laughs> Boy, well, it's very nice to... What is your first name, please? Elena. Elena? Yes. I think I can manage that. Do you mind if I call you Elena? No, I don't. Good. How are you feeling, Elena? Fine, thank you. Well, we're very glad to have you with us. Where are you from? Would you care to tell us? Well, I was born in the town of Maninos, the province of Coruña, Spain. Oh, Thank you. But I Thank now you. live in Long Island City. Oh, you now live in Long yes. Island City. Uh, that I know, too. That other sound is like the route to Typhoon took. I don't know how it was. But anyhow, we're very glad to oh, have Spain, you. Spain, Spain. Spain? Oh, she yes, was that's born charming, in Spain. Yes. How do you do? Greetings. Yes. Would you care to whip me up a Spanish omelet? Ah, uh, Spanish. Spanish omelet. Nice-looking little onion. Ah, uh, oh, <laughs> Let's get on here. I don't believe we've ever had anyone on the program from Spain before, have we, Ken? I don't think so, Mr. Oh, what a chance you got to throw the bull down. All right. <laughs> Even Salter applauded. Will you mind your business, Harry Salter? What are you applauding? Uh, tell me, uh, how, long, uh, how long since you've been to Spain? That is, how long have you been in New York? Well, about 14 years. Oh, you've been here 14 years? Yes. How do you like New York? I like it very much. Good. Are your parents here with you? Yes, they are. Uh-huh. 
Uh, are you and Annie, are you married? No, I'm not. Oh, you're not married. That's well, nice. Will you have a cup of tea and a chip? Ah, please. <laughs> will you two shut up? I want to hear what Miss Lady talks like. Uh, if you will keep quiet, you will hear. I want to hear what an intelligent person sounds like. Uh, <laughs> then listen to me. All right. <laughs> you cut it out. Uh, tell me, uh, 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 what business are you in, or do you work, or you go to school, or just what? Yes, I work for the firm of Maniello Brothers and Merson, exporters and importers of fresh fruit and vegetables. Oh, importers and exporters of fresh... Where do you send this stuff? Oh, to all parts of the world, oh, mostly South America. Mostly South America. You sure you can get in touch with the sailor. He's got the ship, and she's got the... <laughs> You might have something there, Mr. Sheldon. Sure. I might ask you in shipping fruits and vegetables, as you say, to South America, do you ever have any trouble? I mean, they're very perishable items. Do you have any trouble? Uh, oh, yes. I suppose they get all messed up yes, once in a while. Yes, they do. I see. Well, then they, uh, call, then they call it suck-it-hash. <laughs> you know, I, I saw a sailor eating a banana with the skin on. You did? I said, why don't you peel it, old boy? He said, why should I? I know what's inside. Uh -huh. <laughs> Worse and worse. You know, look how she's a nice-looking little girl, isn't she? She is a very nice. Girl. I have a very nice girl. She's got two ears. All right, she. Uh, every girl has two ears. Yeah, but not on the same side of the face. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the change. Tell me, uh, do you remember uh, while you were in Spain? Do they have radio programs in Spain? Well, at the time that I was there. They were just beginning. Oh, just beginning I in our radio. So. I suppose I haven't had television yet. Huh? No, I don't think that. Uh -huh. no. Well, they've been trying to get us to do television, but I'm afraid to take a chance with Miss McCall. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it'd just be like giving the audience or the viewers the shock treatment, and that's uh, kind of bad. <laughs> well, it's been very nice talking to you. Uh, we've enjoyed this little... Uh, uh, chat with you about Spain, and uh, we're very glad to have had you. Before you go, I'd love you to reach into the dunce cap and pick out a question for us. Would you be good enough to read the question if you don't mind? Just take your time and read it right into our dunce cap. <clears throat> ¿Era señora George Sand una mujer o un hombre? I am. They're walking off the stage. I'm afraid. I'm afraid, Elena. I'll have to ask you to read it in English. Uh, uh, you kind of uh, busted up the whole show here. Just uh, read it once again, will you please? Was Madame George Sand a man or a woman? Thank you. Was Madame George Sand a man or a woman? Mr. Howard, how old is this person? Now, wait a minute. The age doesn't make any difference. No, it does to Miss McConnell. All right. The question's not about age. I wonder why women are always afraid to tell their age. Now, you take Miss McConnell. She's always shy when I ask her age. Yeah, about 30 years shy. <laughs> is that so? How old do you guys think I am? You couldn't be that old. <laughs> oh, no, but I've just turned 38. Turned it. You screwed it all up. <laughs> Let's get back to the question. Well, Mr. Howard, you can say what you will. I'll bet Miss McConnell was a fine-looking woman when she was a young girl. Yeah, you can say that again. When I was 16, I got a beauty prize from the President of the United States. I didn't think that Lincoln went in for that sort of thing. <laughs> That question is, was Madame George Sand a man or a woman? Mr. Howard, may I ask you a question? Go right ahead. 
Was this sand person a male or a female? That's the same question I'm asking you. Oh, no, it is not. You asked us if Madame George Sand was a man or a woman. Yes. Well, what's the difference? It's the same thing. A man and a woman is the same thing. <laughs> oh, boy, he ain't been around much. All ever. right. <laughs> Wait a minute, you nitwits have got me all mixed up here. Well, you better get straightened out before you go home to your wife. All right. <laughs> Look, Madame Sand was a great French novelist. I'm going to be a novelist. You, a novelist? Why not? I got a typewriter. Uh-huh. You got legs, too, but you're not very grable, you know. <laughs> yeah, and you got ears, but you're not Clark Gable. All right. <laughs> Look, there was a moving picture uh, about this certain uh, lady uh, or character, and it was called A Song to Remember. Oh, motion picture. Oh, I was, a, I was a movie actor. Oh, you were. Yeah, I was in the cinema. You're a bum. All right, I'm a cinema bum. All right. <laughs> I, I thought so. I thought you were using McConnell's teeth for a minute there. Well, you tried to... In this picture, Cornell Wilde was a great musician. I'm very musical. Yeah. But when I was three years old, my mother used to spank me with a violin. She did? Yeah. That's how I got my musical background. You did? <laughs> she, she'd need a bass fiddle now. <laughs> Yeah, my Uncle Webfoot is a musician. He plays a shoehorn. Oh, really? What can he play on a shoehorn? Oh, he just plays footnotes. I <laughs> Well, talking, uh, talking... Uh, <laughs> you don't talk... <laughs> Were you laughing or gobbling your throat there, Mr. McCoy? Well, <laughs> well talking, uh, talking about the movies, you know, I, I thought I had a job in the movies. You it's... thought you had a job? Yes, you see, Fred Norman called me up from the RKO Studios and said, Mr. McNaughton, you're made. You're made. Yeah. <laughs> Let me talk to your maid. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes. Never mind what he said. Will you step in here and end this nonsense and give our charming guest $25.90 for helping us out and thank her so much for being with us. I certainly will. Gracias. where we listen to an ignorant baritone with a voice like Bob Burns' bazooka to tell you what we mean when we say... It pays to be ignorant, to be dumb, to be dense, to be ignorant. It pays to be ignorant just like me. Well, that's it for tonight, folks. Well, our friend, Mr. Pelagy. But we'll be back with you again next week, same time, same place on your dial. We hope you can be with us at that time. We want to thank you for listening tonight. This is Tom Howard saying goodbye and good nonsense. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. This is Frank Bruzzi in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next week for more shows and personalities from Radio's Golden Days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.